Ladies and gentlemen, the three knockdown rule on UFC Fight Pass is in effect. I'm Steve Kim, joined by May 18th. Lopez, what a buzzkill. Thanks a lot, Tyson Fury. Oh, good one. I was oh, like, where are you going man. right now? Hey, you know what? Yeah. I like the $10 million stipulation. More on that later. Thank you very much. Salute to you, Smoking Tim Frazier and Tino. Tino on the edits. All right, jam-packed show with about sheet. Oh, Fury buzzkill in Saudi Arabia. Tia Fimo returns on a Thursday night. Garcia versus Haney. Is it back on? And we have Ask Mario and Final Flurries. But before we get this show started, just want to let you know this podcast is sponsored by Hustler Casino, located just 15 minutes from downtown L.A. If you love poker, now is the time to play in their high-limit crystal room for a $50,000 total giveaway this holiday season. Come check them out. All right, so let's get this show started. Oh, my God. You know, everything was going great. We were looking forward to the weekend. We had the calendar circled in red ink on February 17th, but uh -uh, not happening. Tyson Fury suffered a cut in sparring. So that bout against Alexander Usyk for all the marbles in the heavyweight division has been rescheduled for May 18th. Mario Tyson Fury... Boy, I'm just telling you one thing right now. The public, the public is not happy with the Gypsy King. Well, I got to tell you, I, I, look, it's unfortunate, but these things happen. That was a legit cut. Severe. And the fact that it is so severe makes me a little concerned that it's happening in May. Because I don't think it's going to take that big of a punch to open that back up, Kim. Which can prove... Pretty interesting at that point, and I'm sure Usyk is thinking about that. He looked in great shape, too. You know how I like to say my guy's built like a bag of milk. He was like, he went from a gallon to a carton. Yeah. He was looking, <laughs> he was looking dialed in. He looked like he did a little spray tan right yeah. there, a little Trump action. He was, he looked like he had been training hard. He took it very serious, so serious that he's sparring two weeks Outside of the fight, which, by the way, that's not a big deal. It's though. not a big deal. It's not a big deal um, because, yeah, I, I, I know pro fighters, a lot of them, even as far as like maybe a week outside, then they take the rest of the week tapering off and just kind of shaking out. So it's not that. But it, it, in the area that he got it cut, what was he wearing as far as headgear? That old school Muhammad Ali one? That's Remember that one yeah. with the open circle one? No I, bitch bar here. No. None. But, but I'll tell you what, though, about the bitch bar. And I don't like that surface because, look, Pacquiao used that yeah. all the time. You're not going to call Pacquiao a bitch. That guy came with a ferocity to fight. Never got cut. Yeah. Never got caught during And for sparring. the record, Hold that's, a, second. that's no. a Freddie Roachism, by the that's way. True. That's true. It is. It is. It is. But no, I wear that all the time when I spar. No, no, no. But you got, you got the moneymaker, no, though. No, no. You but got I, the no, moneymaker. But listen, I wear that all the time. And it's so funny that you say that or ironic because this morning when I was sparring, the guy didn't have it on, caught it right at the end. I, I had hit him with a body shot and I, I knew I'd kind of hurt him a little bit. I went to fake it, came up with a left hook, caught him right on the nose, busted his nose. And I feel bad. He's a cop who's training to fight one of the smokers. And now I think he's out of it. And I'm telling my man, I was like, you got, and it was, you know, an accident. It is what it is. It's boxing. But now that guy is not gonna be able to do his fight. Hence, to my point regarding Fury, had he wore the cool bitch bar, the one with the bar, he'd still we'd still have a fight in a couple weeks. So I, say what you will, but look, Pacquiao. I know a lot of high level fighters um, still wear it. I know some say maybe you can't see certain angles of uppercuts or what have you, but the the show the show would have gone on had he been wearing that. My point is, 
It was a legit injury. I'm a little concerned. I think it makes the intrigue factor even go that much um, further up, being that it's only a few months down the line, and my guy had a severe gash. Yeah, one thing about the (laughs) closed face headgear, because I've worn it before. You've worn it, and you've seen Pacquiao wear it. Here's the thing that I noticed about because I've worn both in sparring years ago. The winning? Did you wear the winning? No, but the The open face, the old style, gives you much more flexibility in your neck and torso. The quote-unquote BB, the way it sits on top of you like a Lego head, um, there is problems with vision and actually head movement. That's a little bit of a difference. I agree with you. To that, I would say you do the majority of your sparring leading up to the fight with maybe perhaps open face. But maybe two, three weeks out as you near, then you switch. Right. Because that's a little bit Safety of Safety first. Safety first. But again, I'll go back to I used to see every time I saw Pacquiao spar, he would use that. The BB. He would use it. He would use A couple it. things about uh, the people doubting. I, I wrote a tweet about it, mentioned it in my canines column, corners <laughs> column. Most world-class fighters, if they fight on a Saturday, their last sparring session generally is on the Saturday before. Yes. I was there more than a few times when Manny Pacquiao would face Eric Morales or Barrera. And this one he trained upstairs at the wild card. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget it. They'd always go about 10 rounds, relatively light. And it was seven days before the fight, and they would end the training session. Everyone had to be silent for five minutes because they did a prayer. They did a team prayer. So every, it was a Rob Peters way. Quiet, everybody. And so everyone would just be like, it'd be like a moment of silence. I remember that. And it'd be the Strong la- Catholic. And it'd be the last day of camp. By the way, Rudy Hernandez, who is a great trainer, brother of Chickenito Hernandez, yep. he fought himself. He said in his days, as did Buddy McGirt. Mario, they used to spar on a Thursday leading into a Saturday. Ooh, that's so tough. That's tough. It's, only, it's different. That's all because, I'm saying. Yes, yes. but I, I don't know if I agree with that one only because you still feel aches and pain. You want to be a right. little bit fresh. A week before, I think, is perfect. Right. And because you let the body heal a little bit. You start shaking out. Then you start getting angsty, and you're ready on yeah. Saturday. And, and Junto Nakatani, who's going to fight February 24th on ESPN+, Plus, two, two-time two world champion, just wrapped up his camp out there at Manny Robles' gym. Uh, I asked Rudy. Rudy said, Steve, when we get to Japan, that week of the fight, we're sparring that Monday before the Saturday. So mm. this whole notion that someone should lay off two weeks before, no, not two it weeks. actually, unless there's an injury— Correct. You do not actually stop sparring till about seven to eight days before the fight. But Mario, let me ask you this. Given the track record of Tyson Fury, who's had a lot of postponements, he's had delays, he's had illnesses, he's had hiatuses. And this, just look a look. Take a look at the Alexander Usyk fight. At this time last year, he was negotiating in a way that Agus Klimas was fighting mad, the manager, the good friend of the show. Yes. So then they finally get the fight for December. All he had to do was take care of this guy that had never boxed before by the name of Francis Ngannou, a boxing novice. That fight was so tough to a point that not only did they delay the fight to December, they had to go all the way to February, and now they're going to May 18th. Can you understand the public's frustration with him? Absolutely. Well-deserved. However, it was a legitimate cut. It wasn't like he got a tummy ache. Or he's taken a mental health break, with all due respect, not right. trying to be funny. Or something that's not, you can't fit. I mean, the dude had, it looked like he got hit with a bat. Yeah. He had a gash this big. To again, which I say, damn, May's, that's only March, April, three months away. Yeah. 
I've gotten cut. That stitch is, bro, that's going to be it. Usyk can open that back up again. He's going to have to put a lot of Noxzema on that. There's no doubt about I'm it. I'm telling but, you, no, that, but, is, that is close. And then it's legit the $10 million fee that His Excellency has put out there. If either of them pull out of the fight, they're going to have that $10 million. Dude, that's big time. I just love to be motivated. I love the fact that Turkey Alakish had Tyson Fury right next to him, and he made it clear. No, 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 no. May 18th, we are doing this fight, and whoever doesn't show up owes us 10 big ones. Hey, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I bet you he's going to be wearing that bar. (laughs) Don't you think? He might be wearing a fencer's mask. No kidding. (laughs) A beekeeper's mask. Well, because he's got to protect that too, right? So he's got to protect that. So you got to have that. But the distrust of Tyson Fury among the people that really don't like him is to a point they're asking, well, wait a minute. What did he take that sparring video on? A flip phone or a BlackBerry? And then they're they're breaking it down like the Zupruder film. Oh, and then gosh. people are actually saying, no, he sliced himself. That is right now. Rocky style? Yes. <laughs> sliced himself to make the cut. And people are saying, was that a Photoshop? Like, did they dodge it? Oh, my God. I mean, people are really skeptical. And based on his history, <laughs> I can understand why. I think it's a legitimate injury. But again, once you delay a fight as many times... As Tyson Fury has, you lose the benefit of the doubt, do you not? I Look, I think the fact that he looked in tremendous shape means a lot, too. So he was putting in the work. He must have lost. Dude, he's a big dude. He must have lost 40, 50 pounds. So he looked like he was well prepared. So much so that he was sparring just two weeks out, and I think it was just an unfortunate incident. So I don't. that didn't cross my mind for a second. It's just one of those things that suck. It just, I, I have a question. If you're... Agus Klimas and Alexander Usyk and Alexander Krosyuk. If Tyson Fury somehow cannot make it to the dance again, do you move on? Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that he's going to make that to the dance. I don't care how much money you have. $10 million fee, that, that's going to hurt. <laughs> and, I don't care and, what, and you're losing at least $50 million. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. He's going to be there. Even if he doesn't spar at all till the fight, he's going to be there. Yes, and, and I do believe it's an art form to get to the fight. But again, uh, I've said in life, your track record will in many times determine how people treat you in the present and whether it's fair or not. And again, I don't know if Tyson Fury has all these special effects and CGI where he could suddenly create a big gash on the side of his eye. I mean, some of, some of the stuff that I'm hearing about what they really did. But the bottom line is this. His Excellency in Saudi Arabia has made it very clear May 18th. Um, uh, they will be having a fight, and there's some other exciting news that we'll talk about in terms of the Riyadh season. And we come back more of the three knockdown rule on the UFC Fight Pass. This podcast is sponsored by Hustler Casino, home to the most popular streaming show, Hustler Casino Live, which just celebrated two years of record-breaking pots and live high-stakes poker action. If you're a card enthusiast, make sure to stop by and play all of your favorite games. Hustler Casino, see you there. And we are back on the three knockdown rule. Ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to get involved with the three knockdown rule and sponsor our show, we still have some slots available. Please reach out to us by emailing info at boxbid.io. Once again, that's info at boxbid.io. Boxbid.io is an online platform that is launching soon that helps public figures and professionals in the world of boxing get sponsorships. We are proudly working with boxbid.io. All right, so let's get into the fight preview. And I want to let everyone know, 
Folks, this is a Thursday night, so please set your DVR, Mario. But from the Mandalay Bay, where the flying fishes play, uh, on ESPN, it is the return of Teofimo Lopez defending his WBO Junior Welterweight title of the world against Jermaine Ortiz. Mario, I'll say this again. Um, I believe Teofimo is one of the elite special talents in the sport. But you know what those guys do consistently over time? They dominate the good fighters. In other words, the 10s always take care of the 7s and 8s. This is a test of now, not if if he wins, but how he wins. Well, I'll say it again. This Cristalino with the Casamago so good. Now that's elite. Salute. Now that's that elite. is elite. That's yes. elite. Mm. I agree with you. I think Teofimo is one of the brightest young stars in the sport. I've had him, on the show, had him on the show numerous times. Incredibly talented, naturally gifted, fast, strong, high IQ. When he's well prepared, I think he is by far the best fighter in his weight class. I really do believe that. We don't know what kind of kid we're going to get. That's the thing. He's up and down. He's up and down emotionally and mentally, which is frustrating considering the talent. The talent that I just it's mentioned. It's talent versus temperament. Exactly. And look, there's. it seems like a lot of this generation, there's a lot of temperament Yeah, we'll get into that later. Going Jeez, on. Good grief. But the thing about Teofimo, and like I've always said, my guy wants all the smoke. He answered Lomachenko when no one did. He wanted Taylor when he was undefeated at his best. He recently is calling out Crawford. Uh-oh. And Jermaine Ortiz is no joke. They have a history. They know each other. Ortiz is a tough customer. Top rank is high on him. I think this is a good, good fight. And I like that it's kind of on a Thursday. That's kind of fun, mm. right before the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. And um, he always looks well prepared. He always looks like he's in, in, in great shape. So I think if he goes there, he takes care of his business. And if he does it in an impressive, impressive fashion, then the, the roads lead, the big roads lead through him. Haney, Tank, Shakur. Ryan. Ryan. They're all through him. He further cements himself as the man in the division. Do you agree? Absolutely. And look, we no longer get along. They hate me for some reason because I, I made the mistake of telling the truth. Really? Yeah, they do. But it was just fine because I'm honest enough to say this guy is a special talent. I said it back in 2017 when I first saw him or 16, and I'll say it now. But I think he's been his own worst enemy. Like, think about it last year. You were there, ringside. How good did he look against Josh Taylor? Spectacular, right? In- incredible. And, and then Taylor being as big as he was, I was like, wow. When I was seeing it up close for him to do what he did, it was really special. And what did he do five days later? <sighs> Announced his retirement. I know. And so that fight was on June 10th. <laughs> Didn't fight again. So this is my point that and, and he and, and, wants and, to be a star. You have to perform consistently. That's what, all I'm saying. What was incredibly frustrating about that was that he was already on the heels of having a moment just like this on Lomachenko where he took a long break. You're going to take an even longer one? Right. He got into that whole thriller escapade where, again, fights were canceled. He had COVID, and then he gets beat by Cambosis, who I believe, and again, no disrespect to anybody. If they fought 100 times, I think Teofimo would win 99. Okay? But that's not to take away from what Cambosis did because he earned that. But with that said, this is what I want for Teofimo. Win this fight and show your class and then tell top rank, Bob Arum, Todd DeBuff, Brad Jacobs, Carl Mason, come here, guys. I want two, three more fights this year. Make it happen because he has such special abilities. Mario, when I watch him work out and doing those body weight exercises, 
He has the strength of a gymnast. His body strength is unreal. It, the coordination, it, the, the too. The body strength, the awareness. The, the dexterity. Balance. Exactly. No, dude, like I said, I think he's the cream of the crop at that weight class. He, along with a few of the other fighters that we had just mentioned, they want the, quote, big fights. They want the events. Fine. I love that. But you still have to have other fights either leading up Mario, to Mario, guess what? How many fights do you think Teofimo has right now in his career? 23. He has 20. Oh, my gosh. It took it took Floyd Mayweather 37 to get to De La Hoya. Yeah. So that's why when people say Floyd ruined it, I, 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 I actually bite back against that. I think Floyd takes way too much credit because his road to De La Hoya right. is what every young fighter should be doing. And in this particular year, if he does not fight at least three, forget two times, it's a failure. He's not doing his part. And again, He's not. I, I agree with you. And the thing that's so bizarre about it is you're not making any money unless you're fighting. Don't you want to make money? Isn't this what we're doing? You know, Isn't what we're doing this for? When Isn't you that wa- the point? When you watch that Josh Taylor fight, the stuff he was doing was almost like Bruce Lee, but like popping and locking. He became water. He was formless and shapeless, but he doesn't just fight. At his best, he entertains. Yeah. And he has heavy hands, quick twitch. Great eyes, great vision, anticipation, quickness, feet. He dances in the ring, and you're like, man, I'd like to see this four or five times a year. Unfortunately, they allowed their business goals to get in the way of what should have been polishing off a fighter. But with that said, what do we love in America? We love winners. We love people that can entertain us and make us feel good. When I see Teal fight at times, he's given me this feeling like, wow, this guy's special. It's special. And then when he says, well, I'm retiring. And, and, uh, let me just tell you, the blood, sweat, and tears, the, the, the special, that their, their version of 24-7 that ESPN and Top Rank produces. He said a couple weeks ago in an interview, oh, my retirement was a big fake. I was just marketing. But he says in blood, sweat, and tears, yeah, I was really retired. Bro, you don't, you don't even remember what you said. Oh, we got to pick a You can't even get the story we straight. Pick a personality and right. stick with it. You're talking about business goals. To achieve those goals, you have to be active. You have to fight. You, you got to fight. You got to be out there. Uh, you can't just, uh, they're not going to just happen. Well, Mario, you know what I think one of the big problems with the NBA is, which actually has an 82-game schedule and is a real league, their players don't play enough. This whole load management, the public has lost trust in a sense that if I show up and pay money to watch a certain team, that particular player that my son has saved all summer long to see one time, if he doesn't play, you lose it. Boxing is the same way in a sense that I felt as though with Tiafimo after the Josh Taylor fight, they wanted him to fight Heisman Trophy night. Right. Didn't want to do it. But let me just say this about Tiafimo, who I still like, no matter how he feels about me. He seems very happy because he now has an everyday relationship with his son. That's great. That had been an issue. But when he's with his son... He's in a really good place. And when I see workout videos of him dancing and working out and doing things only he can do, I say, man, that guy, he still has it. Yeah. He still has it. Well, he's young. How old is he? He's only 23, 24, oh, I believe. Bro. He's in. Or maybe mid 20s. He's but not even in his prime. There's only really. one guy that could stop him. His name is Tiafima Lopez. I hope it works out. And look, if you are the guy I think you are and that you know you are, you don't just beat Ortiz. You stop him. So let's see what happens. Tough guy. Tough guy. And again, I'll leave it with this. If we see a well-prepared, determined, focused Teofimo and staying on the track, personally, I favor him over a Shakur, a Devin Haney, a Ryan Garcia. 
all three of in a tank. I really do. Agreed. Do you not? Agreed. Now, when it comes to Crawford, we'll talk about no, no, that that's later. A whole nother, that's a whole nother deal. But those guys are in yeah. weight class, and I think that's, and those are talented guys. And also on this broadcast, bright young lightweight, Keyshawn Davis takes on the veteran Jose Pedraza. Mario, you know how much this business has changed? Mm. Keyshawn Davis coming out of that 2020, ended up being the 2021 yeah, Olympics, yeah. was considered our top guy. So he's been a pro for about three years now, and he's 9-0. and And he's had injuries, he's had stomach problems, he's had a suspension. This is how much the difference the game is. Did you know De La Hoya in his first year as a pro? So Keyshawn's 9-0. and You know De La Hoya in his first 12 months fought 10 times? Yeah. Think about this. Floyd Ten Mayweather. times. My guy was fighting like once a month. Floyd Mayweather in his first 12 months, 11. Mm. I have a question to all these young fighters in the business of boxing. You think Keyshawn Davis is at the level of a De La Hoya or a Mayweather? These fighters do not fight enough. And let me just tell you, Pedraza, even though he's lost an inch off the fastball, he's tall, he's lean, he's been a world champion, been in there with very good fighters, and he can switch hit. He can cause this some is problems. Pretty, this is pretty interesting. He can cause some problems. So that is the co-feature. And also, before all of that happens on ESPN+, Plus, one of my favorite young prospects Abdullah the Butcher Mason. I like that kid. A young man out of Cleveland, Ohio. He is the definition of a quicksilver southpaw. Folks, in a couple of years, I think we're going to see the launch of a very special talent. I like his father. I like his brothers. But uh, Abdullah Mason, just watch that name. Put Mm -hmm. it out there in the corner. All right, so news and notes here on the three knockdown rule. Boy, we got a lot to talk about. Mario, can we have a moment of silence? You going to (sighs) pray? Can we pay tribute? I just want to thank Shakur Stevenson. He's no longer fighting, but thanks for the ride, man. I got to see you win titles. <laughs> I got to see your silver medal run. I didn't know when 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 Mario was slandering you over over text while while you're having this difficult night. I didn't know that that would be your. Oh my you? God, you were pretty harsh on him that night. What are you talking but about? But Shakur Stevenson oh, had, texting you. Oh, has right. announced oh, his retirement. I hope the I hope the game can move on, Mario. <laughs> oh, God, that won't be the same. Did, did won't he, be the same. Did he not see how it worked out for Teal <laughs> yeah. when he tried this? I mean, it's sort of like who dropped an album and didn't announce it. Remember, like uh, Adele or uh, no Beyonce, Beyonce or yeah. Beyonce. Then somebody else did it, and you're like, "Come Taylor on!" Yeah. And like Beyonce already did that. You're, it didn't. Yeah, come on, the novelty's gone. The novelty's gone right here. What's this kid gonna do? Where's he gonna make that money? This is embarrassing. This is it not is. a good tactic. Nor is it a good look. I think he wants people to be like, "No, don't, please, come on." Based on his Oscar last performance, didn't feel that way. Oscar yeah. did not. He kept it real. I like the way Oscar said. I enjoyed your career. Please vacate the belt on your way out. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, you now, serious? I, be about that life. I then. still not have gotten word from Top Rank. I'm going to make a few calls if they're going to do a retirement ceremony before the main event. Uh, after Pedraza, Keyshawn Davis, maybe you bring Keyshawn into the ring with a bouquet of flowers and balloons where Shakur can say, today, today, I feel, I feel like a luckiest boxer, boxer on the face of the earth. And we can all just stand up and say, thanks, man. But here's the thing. When you retire and you want to create a demand or have people miss you, you can't do it off the De Los Santos fight. No. Because I think the, the reaction was when most people saw that tweet about, I'm going to retire. I think everyone responded a, with, promise? Yeah, really? Exactly. Sure. It was a cry for sympathy. No, yeah. don't. Not. Look, it's so embarrassing. <laughs> it's an embarrassing look. And he's such a talented kid. 
I don't want to say he had a bad night. It was just a bad look. Oh, it was a bad night, though, Mario. Let's well, be no, honest. No, it was a bad night. night. I mean, well, a bad night. I, 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 I argue in this sense: a bad night is when you got your ass kicked. Right. He didn't get his ass kicked. He just won in the most boring fashion possible, maybe ever, which is a bold statement. Does that make sense? Let me just say, it wasn't like you saw slippage. He had an off night. He got caught with a shot. No, he just. It was, which is almost worse. Yeah. Where where he just knocked you out with dullness. Does that make sense? Let me just say this. On this show, as Mario likes to say, I am the salty bastard, which I embrace and I agree with. But when you fight in a manner where Mario Lopez sounds like me, oh my God, that is a bad night. That's a bad a night. Text. I know I can't tell you yeah. any secrets. <laughs> well, you went, well, you read them on the, on the show. so I did. I did, but... Here's yeah, the other thing, call, though. This is related me. to his situation contractually with top rank. And also the fact that the WBO has now said Emmanuel Navarrete is going to fight Dennis Baranchik for the vacant WBO title. Mm. And it is probably Shakur's thought like, whoa, 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 wait. I wanted Navarrete or I wanted to fight for that vacant title. I have a question. When you retire, does that make your contracts null and void? How does it work? No, you just can't say it because then everyone would do it. And by the way, with the the nature of that last fight, I think top rank would say, oh, you're going to retire. Yeah. Okay, bye. So, yeah. you know, so right, if they right. if they had the if they had the option to say, oh, so we're released from paying you three million dollars that we could use on other fights, trust me, uh, they would throw him a retirement ceremony. They'd give him the gold watch and say, all right, GTFOH. Yeah. But I'm just look, all will be forgiven <laughs> if Shakur can just fight well. Get back to it. And speaking of which. Um, Ryan Garcia had a very, you know, we bring him up a lot. He didn't retire. One of our favorite guys yet. Um, he had a very interesting appearance on a very popular podcast of Patrick Bet David. Said some interesting things there, Mario. What's yeah. going on with your little T.O.? I know, uh, I know. <laughs> my T.O., I would be the T.O. Yeah, okay, okay. That would be my little nephew. nephew. What's going on so there? <laughs> I happen to know Patrick Bet David in case people aren't Prodigious familiar. Prodigious podcast, by the way. Yeah, Big he's, numbers. He's a Big very numbers. Uh, successful businessman. Anyway, um, <laughs> gosh, Thing about the thing about Ryan is, <laughs> I, I, he's he's he is out there a little marketing machine. If he was actually fighting, was able to promote these fights yeah. on all these platforms, that'd be awesome. But there's no fights. I thought he'd have a different reaction. I didn't even get your opinion on this. I thought he'd have a different reaction to the <clears> way he was. I thought played regarding the Raleigh Romero fight, but he seems to not have any animosity towards Floyd. Floyd. I was surprised by that. Were you? Well, based on his tweet, though, I think that's how he initially felt. But maybe he wanted to save face. Because one thing to type something out, your feelings. But when you're in front of a a live audience or it's going to be taped and recorded, I think he wanted to play. I think he's embarrassed by this thing. I don't think he wanted to admit it in front of Patrick Bed David. When he's saying stuff like, oh, me and Tank are going to run it back on my terms. I'm thinking to myself, "Uh, Ryan, hate to tell you this. Uh, you're the B-side now more than ever because you lost. You allowed yourself to get played. You allowed your representatives to put the fight in a way where you almost had no chance physically. They put you at a disadvantage, and they knocked you out. What makes you think Tank all of a sudden is going to allow you to dictate turns? What's that old saying? To the winner go the spoils. Exactly. Look, his options, I think, are not only dwindling, but... I think the patience is one running thin with the um, public. For a minute, I thought he might fight Ramirez, which I actually really like that fight. 
And then there seemed to be a miscommunication between him and his representatives. No, with Oscar, the no, they're not on the same page. I no. I think Oscar just pulled it out of his ass. I'm sure there was conversations had. All this can be salvaged. By fighting, if, by if, fighting. Well, if the Devin Haney fight were to resurface. And that's actually coming back to the table. Correct. All that could be salvaged. And look, Haney's been a lot more active than Ryan. Let me ask you something. Let's assume he fights Devin Haney. That fight is made. He is not victorious in that fight and actually doesn't look too great in it. How much does it hurt his brand? It doesn't help, but I, as someone who's been somewhat of a critic of Ryan Garcia, if he actually pulls the trigger on that fight in less than a year, he's fought in Tank and then Devin, I'd actually tip my cap. I love it. I would. I, I love believe it. Believe it or not, I would. What, no, I respect that. And look, what did I say about Ryan the other time? He makes what, fights. He makes what, big events. What, well, not just that. Yes, he does. But when he goes there, he goes to fight. He he yeah. was a little out of his league with Tank, but he went there and let his hands go. He didn't try to run and hide. Yeah, and you know what I'm saying. Say what you want about either guy. Haney Tank in 2024 would be one of the top five or six events this game can make. But I understand one of the issues. And can I give Ryan more credit? I mean, you better tape this, Tim, because this may not happen again. Uh, my understanding is that the biggest issue is that Haney almost wants purse parity, almost like a 50-50. I love the fact Ryan Garcia said, no, 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 no. You know what? Let's go by percentages. I'll bet on myself. Let me play off the upside. That's being a fighter. That is Respect being a fighter. to Ryan Garcia. I agree. I agree. I wish he didn't get off that originally and we would have stayed on the right track. But be that as it may, if it comes to fruition, tip my hat to him. Go get him, kid. And by the way, uh, one last thing. <laughs> Ryan and Shakur Stevenson were jousting on Twitter. And what, now, what, was well, the, what was the genesis well, of that? Well, basically, Shakur was saying, like, what are you talking about? And then... What are you Ra- talking about regarding what, though? Like, about the whole interview. And then Ryan oh. was saying, well, uh, well, I don't talk to retired fighters. Uh. And, and, then, and then Shakur said, well, what do you mean? You got knocked out. He goes, well, what do you mean? You bored the hell out of me. I, I, at least I put up a real fight. And, yeah, they're jou- point. and here's the he's other thing. Point. But that, that is emblematic of today's boxing is that, you know what, one day, no matter what anyone thinks about that style matchup, I'd actually like to see it instead of them just jousting on social media. But I, I will say this about Ryan Garcia. He gives us stuff to talk about. That much I can appreciate. Mm-hmm. Speaking of something to talk about, Turkey Alakish, the His Excellency, has, has basically made it official, something Bob Aram told us last week, June in yes, the Dune. Yes, yes. Dimitri Bivol, Arthur better be a Ooh, done I, deal. I love it. I love it. And for me right now, that's the best fight that can be made on paper. Over yes. Fury Usyk. Over any other potential matchup you can think of right now. I am excited about that fight. It had been since last year. Yeah, you called you it. Know. You did. And... I got to tell you, I'm still, I'm glad it's in June. I'm, I'm leaning towards better be of, but as we discussed, I really do feel it's a pick em fight, but, um, uh, uh Bivol has got to have his Sandy Koufax, Nolan Ryan, Don Larson, he's got to have, exactly, he's got to have that perfect game. Because if not, that hammer's coming. Yeah, uh, and I believe that undercard's going to be a bunch of fights, fighters from Frank Warren, 
against Eddie Hearn. So high stakes in Saudi Arabia. Mario, fight review from this past weekend. Connor Ben with a 12-round decision. He comes back against Peter Dobson. And then Joshua Watse in the British showdown with a 12-round decision over Dan Aziz in a WBA eliminator. So he becomes the mandatory for Dimitri Bivol. Mario, I didn't know Connor Ben was such a marked man. He wins a fight, hadn't fought in a while because of the whole PED thing. And now everyone from Devin Haney to, to Tank, Tank Davis, Davis is I know. calling him out at 47. Now, now, wait a second. The only thing about Tank, all of a sudden he wants to go up a weight class? Oh, oh, oh. Not that, just that, fight a guy at 140, a weight class above that. That's huh. but I know. Huh. That's kind of, that's not helping his cause hmm. as much as he thinks, right? All of a sudden he wants to go up to 47. So that's a little frustrating to hear. Yeah, they pick and choose. And look, Connor Ben, look, a lot of people were making a note of the fact that after this PED and he blamed like eggs for this test. So And so like he didn't have as much power. So I saw one nickname on Twitter. Eggs. They called him the eggs executioner. All due respect to Bernard oh, All right, moving on to the Ask Mario portion of our show. Stupid. Here's one from at Sip This Haterade. When will the World Boxing Super Series step in and force the tournaments for 135, 140, and heavy? Well, here's the thing. The, the tournaments always sound good in theory and on paper. It's very rare when they work out perfectly. Injuries happen. Um... People will have a clash of heads, perhaps. Yeah. There's just so many things that need to happen perfectly for them to come to fruition in a perfect manner. And in boxing, just well, the seem Super to work out Six took too long years ago, and then it takes forever, right? But the other thing is, I will say this about the World Boxing Super Series: if you take a look at the winners of their tournaments, because they had like two different versions of it, right? Inoue launched himself. Usyk launched himself. Right. Calm Smith was able to parlay that. Everyone that won those tournaments, the Muhammad Ali Trophy. Ended up becoming better for it, right? True. Here's the problem. They don't exist anymore. They ran out of money. So there's no more World Boxing Super Series. It was a great idea, but they could never get the proper funding. And what really hurt them in talking to people, they could never get a U.S. television deal. Well, that's, yeah. that's, 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 therein lies the issue. We may have to hit up his excellency. Yes. Uh, here's We're the, just going to him for yeah, everything. Yeah, just going to him for like, everything. He's like Wells Fargo. Yeah, he's like, the, hey, mom, I need 20 bucks for <laughs> right, new shoes. Right, uh, you know what? Go see Turkey. Yeah. Uh, here's one from Adam Logan. With Watson winning a WBA title eliminator this weekend, but having previously turned down an actual title shot at least once, how long after turning down a title shot should a fighter be put back into the rankings or given another opportunity i am not a fan of turning down um title shots at all i think we spoke about it a couple weeks ago where dana white just kept praising islam makachev yeah saying i want whoever's number one i want the next man up i i i fight for the title i fight for find the bet to fight the best to see who deserves to be number one if you don't take in my mind the way it should work is if you don't take the man that's scheduled or that deserves the opportunity to be right next, then you have one fight right. to either get it right or I think you have to relinquish it. Well, Mario, here's the thing that I have a real big issue. You can't, sur- you can't hold it hostage. No, and it's, I call it ranking squatting. That's yeah. what guys are doing yeah, now. Squatting, There's right. been a lot of people that get to number one and instead of being James Tony, he says, no, 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 I'm going into Davenport, Iowa to fight Michael second to none. Right. Or a Ray Boom Boom Mancini. All, all he had to do was face Alexis Arguello at mm. 20 years old. Right. And there's none of this, hey, are you, are you going to move up anytime? Here's what should happen. The sanctioning bodies need to actually have a protocol and follow their rules. 
If you win an eliminator as Mario Lopez, there should be a clear edict that, hey, um, a month after you win that eliminator, we're going to call for a negotiating period. If that doesn't work out, then there's going to be a purse bid. Okay. And if you back out of this title fight, either one of you, you either get stripped from the title or you get 10 places back. I love There has to be a penalty. Is aggressive. I was oh, with you. Oh, no, the no. We got to be aggressive. What no, do you mean? Why, okay. why not 10? Maybe five. Maybe five. five. <laughs> Wait, you are such a softy. No, yeah, I'm, I'm just saying there's certain reasons. But I agree with that. You're, you're going back nonetheless and you're relinquishing the title. You know what? I My like nickname that. needs to be Good Cop Kim, Soft Cop Lopez. I'm not this soft. Is a, this I is just got, You'd have big guys heart. vacating. Big titles. heart Lopez. Yeah, big heart. Gonna call you Salvation Army. All right. Here's a question from Will Lynch. Uh, in light of recent events in Saudi Arabia, where Tyson Fury continues to drag out the undisputed heavyweight championship fight, do you like his chances with the longer layoff, or would you give him better odds of the fight if it was still two weeks away? That's an interesting question. Who does this delay benefit? Usyk, because I don't think that cut, and I, I've had, I've unfortunately had many stitches <laughs> throughout my life. They don't heal that quick, bro. Right. And it doesn't And take, there's already scar tissue on top of that. That's my point. And there's going to be, it, obviously, blows coming to the face. And it's not going to take that much to open that up. And once it does, I feel inevitably open. That's something to deal with. And it is going to affect your vision. I think it benefits Usyk in a big, big way. And he's a quick-fisted puncher that comes right down the And he and, also loops the left. Correct. And the fact that there's such a big penalty there, he might play it extra he might be extra cautious to not spar as often. Maybe he won't be as sharp. Who knows? So it definitely benefits Usyk. Uh, Ant-Man says, what is the biggest money-making fight in boxing right now? Well, here's the thing. Okay. Money-making or best fight? It's a big difference. Well, there's a difference. If, if it's a money-making fight, I'm going to go with Canelo versus Terrence Crawford. Ooh. I'd say that in the States, and I'd say internationally. Anthony Joshua, oh, correct, correct. Tyson Fury. Correct. I Yes. So we're both right. You're absolutely it's, it's right. different you're, markets. No, no, you're absolutely right. The heavyweights are a whole nother. Yes, but I feel second to the heavyweights, absolutely Canelo. Uh, right, uh, and if you're talking about American pay-per-view, and I wrote about this last week, when you have a black American star coming off a career-defining win, who many people believe is the number one fighter in the world, against a Mexican superstar who... For better or worse, say what you want, is the face of boxing. I think there's a lot of casual fans. They don't know about the weight difference. They really don't. They really don't understand one guy's a welterweight, one guy's a super middleweight. That formula right there. They're I was about taught, the same height, too. Right, so when you see them stand next to each right, other. Right. The problem is they're not the same width. but with No, that, no. But right. when you see that face off, people aren't going to be able to tell. Is my point. Bob Arum told me years ago about pay-per-view, what makes it successful. You got to have stars. You got to have People that understand that the public knows them. Gotta have started. Okay, Bob, thank you. Uh, here's a question from Interested Observer. Mercurial, you're Mercurial. Shut up. Yeah, he's a Mercurial guy. All right, here's one from the Interested Observer. Ignoring the Fury Circus, with Canelo Benavidez seemingly not happening, Tank versus Andy Cruz, a pipe dream, and Bud Crawford without any natural predators. Mm. Is better be uh, better be a B-ball now the clear and most premium exciting fight in all of boxing? Yes, yes, yes. That's an easy yes. Would you put the winner all-time status light heavyweight? Would they make your top ten? I think they would. I think they'd be in the lower top ten. Not a lot of fights though. That's the that's problem. That's the only. That's well. That's what hurts their case is there's not a lot of fights. But 
Both of those guys are so fundamentally sound, well schooled, so well schooled and, and great fighters that I think they can hold their own in any era. Right, like I wouldn't put them at the Ezra Charles, Archie Moore, Bob Foster, Michael Spinks echelon because those guys fought a lot. They fought a lot, but they'd be in the bottom part of the top ten. They yes. would start to enter that rarefied territory. But again, I will always give respect to the guys that have fifty plus fights mm. over the guys that have about twenty five to thirty. And finally, from Yvonne Arroyo, what's the biggest disappointing fight or performance you've seen live? Ooh, I was thinking about this. This is a Ooh, tough one. That is tough. Oh, gosh. I almost wish I could answer this next week so I could think about it. That I've seen live. Would it be De La Hoya Pacquiao? Because you were at that one. Well, it was disappointing if you were a De La Hoya fan, not if you were a Pacquiao yeah. fan. No, because that had a definitive. To see when I, the way I interpreted that question, it would, well, I'll tell you. If I went to Pacquiao Mayweather, that would have been the biggest disappointing because there just wasn't a lot of action, right? I've never have you had a fight with such buildup where it was just such a disappointing event. Yeah. Pacquiao Mayweather, or pardon me, Pacquiao Mayweather, um, that's, yeah, that's what I was talking about. Pacquiao De La Hoya, I'm sorry. Had action. Had, had action. Just one way. It, yeah, <laughs> but, but it had one way, but there was action and it, it launched him to be a star. Pacquiao Mayweather was what was not exciting. No one ever wants to I put have a that fight, back on. Uh, because it was built up as supposedly creating an American star, and it was so important, and I was one of the few people that said, you're rushing this. What? Tim Bradley, Devin Alexander at uh, the Silverdome. At the Silverdome. You Pont- went. Oh, my God. I remember People that. say, why'd you go, Steve? And I said, morbid fascination. And to be in Detroit and yeah. to actually drive, because remember, the Silverdome's actually in Pontiac. Yeah, I know. And me and Tim to this day, we still joke about it over Twitter, like, hey, how's the Silverdome doing? And he laughs, because it was such a low-rent thing. I remember that. I mean, just to be in the Silverdome, like, I could feel the ghost of Isaiah Thomas and Barry Sanders, but yeah. it was such a rundown venue, but the fight was supposed to create an American star, I right? I remember that. The fight didn't live up, because Tim was so dogged, his determination backed off Devin Alexander, who did not want any of that ruckus. So Tim did his job. And I remember after this fight, there was such a disappointment. And I was one of the few writers that said, hey, guys, if we really care about showcasing a young black American star, why is this fight not in a city like Atlanta? Detroit is dead right now. No one wanted to buy into it. And I said, guys, you can have a fight, but where you place it and when you place it is important. And I mm-hmm. thought they failed. But I would say that, but most other yes, fights... Yes, but the fight itself, too, didn't deliver. It was very disappointing. Yes. No doubt about that. All right, moving on to final flurries, Mario. I mean, we thought we had bad heavyweight news on Friday, but really the worst news was not about Tyson Fury. I, I, like, I think like with many other people, I was stunned and saddened to hear about the passing of Carl Weathers. I'm going to drink the rest of my tequila just in honor of Carl Weathers. Salute. I don't think they could have cast a better actor than Carl Weathers to play Apollo Creed. I don't know how much acting experience he had prior to that, but he captured the charisma, charm, athletic ability, physical presence of this Muhammad Ali type character. They wanted this Muhammad Norton couldn't character. have done it. As good as Norton was, he couldn't have done it. No, no. Well, I don't know. I, I don't want to say no uh, because I, I didn't. We don't. We've never yeah. seen Norton act. He certainly looked the part. But Carl Weathers, I don't know if Rocky would have been as successful if they didn't have Carl Weathers in the role of uh, Apollo Creed. Could you say he was the co-star? He was absolutely the co-star. right. He wasn't just a supporting actor. No. He was a co-star. He was a co-star, and he had a presence about him and. 
he he and uh, Sylvester Stallone did a beautiful job, kind of sort of paying homage to him. <clears throat> and he says his career wouldn't be where it is if it wasn't for Carl Weathers. Going to the character for him, and he did, of course, Action Jackson, mm-hmm. and he was with Predator, Predator, and Arnold. He had one of the best dap ups ever. When yeah. they go, <laughs> and remember when well, they I never knew it? that the black guy was him. Yeah, never knew that, that was, was Carl him. Weathers. Of course, you didn't know that. Um, and he was even recently. My son and I enjoyed him on The Mandalorian. Yeah. It was shocking in the sense that he looked good. He's still good. He yes. looked in good shape. I know he was 76, yeah. but he looked good. And I, I, was, I got really sad. Um, but I want to think happy thoughts when I think about uh, Carl Weathers and some of my favorite names about the Apollo Creed nicknames. The Count of Monte Fisto. Yes. The Dancing Destroyer. Yes. The King of Sting. The Master of the Disaster. The Master of Disaster. <laughs> the one and only. The Prince of Punch. Yeah. In the thane of pain. Yeah. He had so many, he was so good. And oh man, you know, part of my childhood died when I heard that. There's no doubt. And it made me sad and even thinking about it now, but he leaves such a great impression on me. And I think people of our generation who are huge fans of Rocky and just of that era. I had tweets telling me that when they were in the theater watching Rocky Four. That when he was killed off by Ivan Drago, that people were crying in the theater. I was like, wow, really? Michael B. Jordan lost him twice. Yeah. (laughs) He lost him on film and he lost him. You know, know, I didn't know he went to Long Beach Poly. Oh, did he go to Long Beach Poly? Yes. Or is he from here? Yes, he's a Southern California guy. He's a Southern California kid. Yeah, Long Beach Poly. He had so much swag. Uh, Played football at San Diego State, two year career at the Raiders in the Canadian Football League. So he's a real actor. My guy put together. And by the way, one of the best. Might be a bold statement. One of the best actors I've seen that actually looked. No, no, he looked the part. He, he looked, looked no, the you know part. I, that jab was coming out. I nice. would describe him as a more muscular, athletic Larry Holmes. His stick and move and his one-two, it looked the part. Yeah, and I come still on, Stallion. In, come on, Stallion. In Rocky Two, there's this one scene where he's in a private gym. He's jumping rope. Leroy Neiman is sketching him out, and he's jumping rope. He looked like a pro boxer. He did, man. No, he and, had great and I've physique, heard he actually physique. did box as a young kid. He had a little bit of an amateur career. And you can tell. Yeah. And, but I just love the fact when they were first original Rocky, he played it so well when, when the, the original opponent dropped out and they're looking through the old ring record yeah. book. They're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Who's this guy? The Italian stallion. <laughs> he goes, think about this. America. Who discovered it? An Italian. Christopher Columbus. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is our guy. He was so perfect. Dude, and the, he then he came good. out as black George Washington Dude. on that ship. He was the best. But then when he turned traitor, oh. I think is when he... Really showed his acting chops. There is no tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah, there, there is, is no, no yeah. tomorrow. Oh, and when they're on the beach and the little half tops rocking, I know you wanted to recreate that scene, yeah. but I said, "Come on, Kim." Yeah, man. but you know what? You know what? The best acting he did was letting Rocky win that race on the beach because this is, he was probably still busting a four four. He ain't beat that brother yeah. right there. But, but, that but to, to let an Italian a white guy ah. you know, beat him at the end, like you saying, "Both that's acting." That, that was for chops. confidence. That was for confidence. That's a trainer right there. Yeah. So a tip of the hat to him. The tip of the cap, uh, Mara. You had a busy. Weekend being a very good parent. Thumbs I up did. to you, Thanks. man. On Saturday, I got to rack my brain now. On Saturday, I had the father-daughter dance with my daughter um, at the new school. It was awesome. And uh, I got I was in charge of the DJ. I sponsored the DJ and uh, a lot mm. of the event there. So my DJ was on point playing the jams right there. My daughter was like a big... R&B, hip-hop head. I was like, yeah, all these little girls are freaking out together. So she's like, come on, play SZA and play uh, 
uh, Keisha mm. Cole, and I'm like, okay. What's she doing, yoga to Anita Baker? Right, exactly. No, no, no. Shut up, Frazier. <laughs> God, the namaste to you. But I got, I, got to tell you, I got to tell you a funny story, though, Kim. So, at the end of the night, they start playing Dance With My Father mm. with... Um, by Luther Vandross, which is a heartwarming song, yeah. read. And I tell my daughter in this, what I think is a sentimental moment. I said, mm. you know, Mija, I look forward to this every year. We only got a few more of these. I probably won't get to dance with you again until you're married. She's like, ah, that's if you're alive. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, thanks. I go, thanks, G. I'm not that old. So well, I want to be married by the time I'm 30. What are you going to be like, 70? <laughs> you know what the good? Hey. I'm like, all right, Mario. <laughs> thanks for the buzz kill. Hey, Mario. The good news is you may not have to pay for it then. Oh, thanks a lot. <laughs> I should have hit her with that. I said, you better hope I'm alive. Who's gonna pay you better? I said, you better hope you're right. That's good. Oh, God forbid. But it was funny, man. That was a funny moment. And then another thing is Chris Taylor, my guy from the L.A. Dodgers. Him and his wife, uh, Mary, run a great foundation called the CT3 Foundation that. Uh, Benefits, uh, uh, pediatric, uh, the, the, uh, the, the, the cancer yeah. for kids, <clears throat> pardon me. And they did last year, they did, uh, at top golf, some driving range sort of challenge was fun. This year he wanted to do a polar plunge. Saw that you were shivering on Sunday, bro. The, the headline was, um, life threatening rain, cold winds. Do not leave your house if you can't. Do you know how the ocean was that day? It was cold. The water was, I mean, it was like 50s outside, but the water was like 40-something. But I got to tell you, Kim, so we went out there and it was cool. All the Dodgers, Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, everybody was there but Shohei because he was still in Japan. That was literally the only one. But they all showed up. We get out there. We go in the water. Dude, it felt good. I got to tell you, it felt good until I was trying to get out. Then that current was strong and I was like, oh my God. But I can see why cold plunges are so popular. Very therapeutic. You very Afterwards, I was awake. I felt the laugh felt really good. So I've done cold plunges. They're fun. You, your man. water has I to felt be at really least good. Fifty-two degrees. And they you say that about three to five minutes. Yes, Gary Brecka, the um, human biologist, says it never needs to be colder than fifty. The people right. think that they're doing themselves no. a bigger disservice. They go, "It's it's a fallacy." That he the goes, cryogenics thing is it's actually overrated. Yes, fifty degrees is all it needs to be. I felt alive. I felt great. And Taylor was cool because I said I was only there for about two hours. It was like a four-hour event. Because I was rushing to go coach my son's wrestling team, which which was uh, a lot of fun. He did well. Um, I w- had to drive all the way out to Corona, so I got to do that. So it was busy with with all the kids, man. Uh, but doing the good all that news stuff. is. You got your Dodger tickets. You earned yeah, them. Yeah, uh, you earned those Dodger we'll, tickets we'll now. See when I, we'll see when I hit them up later. We'll see when I hit them up. I said, hey, count me in for the plunge later. You got to send me that yeah. radio break, Fraser, yeah. so I can send that to them. But um, but yeah, man, it was an action-packed weekend, and uh, I made it here. And dude, I, like, I like rain, but fuck, there's a lot. Here's the thing. I don't understand this. Are we the only city in America, L.A., we love L.A., okay, that once it rains, I don't ever recall having it rain and we don't have a flash flood warning my phone blew up oh yeah me too every 10 I minutes I six like, of them in 12 hours i thought i was gonna have to build an arc no but i thought it was an amber alert like which kid's missing yes you know? like it's out of control my wife all oh, the kids can't go to practice tonight like, honey we can still drive it's not yeah. like it's yeah. like the end of the world people i, I started wishing out. it was missing children yeah people freak <laughs> oh, out here oh, oh. yeah you're cold, cold man that's for the kids right but anyway uh super bowl sunday 
Oh, we broke it down with Bob Arum. Who do you like? You, you know what? I agree exactly with what Bob said. He swayed me. I like the Niners. I think you, they have, I they have more of the good players. Yeah, Bob's savvy, Bob, man. Bob is savvy, point. man. Bob's you, You'll never guy. believe what I got to do. Because usually I invite you over, yeah. right? For Super Bowl. Yeah. You know where I'm going to be? Where? West Virginia. I got to get... John Denver. No, just no. kidding. Oh, rest in peace. Yeah, rest in now, peace. He's a good man. Good listen, man. Listen, I committed to this a long time ago, not knowing... You had no idea of Super Bowl Sunday. no idea. So, so which there's no easy way to get there. I got to fly into Pittsburgh, then do the whole thing. Anyway, I'm going to be flying during the, the Super Bowl in the whole. Can you All believe right. that first Super Bowl I missed in like, or I'm going to be missing? I think some of them might have the TV, so I might be able to catch it on the TV Martin, right there. Put but this in can mind, you believe next that? year? Um, when we grew up as kids, we're both kids of the '80s. The Super Bowl used to be in like middle to late. January. January. You're right in January. Now they're basically seeping into middle. February. True. So I'm That's going true. to Vegas. We're taping this on a Monday. I'm going to Vegas tomorrow. Staying out there Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I'm actually flying back on Friday. Smart. And then I'm going to Coach JB's Super Bowl extravaganza. It's going to have a lot of former players and coaches and barbecue out there. But Bob's, Bob Aram swung me. If you rated the top 15 players pound for pound, yeah. I think the Niners have more of the good players, don't they? But That's, how much weight do you put into the quarterback? Well... It's hard to bet against Mahomes. You know, here's a stat. You know, Mahomes has never had a 300-yard Super Bowl game. He's not been dominant in that game. By the way, Mahomes' but he father made the mistakes. Right. Here's the thing. Oh, Mahomes is fine. I hope his father takes an Uber to the game. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm not gonna. I what? What, what? What's what's that reaction for, bro? Three? I didn't know it was three DUIs. I thought yeah. it was what three DUIs. I, okay, I'm serious. Why are you? No, honestly, why are you getting DUIs in this day and age when you yeah, have Uber? There's an Uber, and here's the other thing. I always thought after your first DUI, if you were actually convicted, I didn't know you can get your license back. The other thing is... I didn't know you can get three. Don't you right. have to do time? Right. And you know, I, I think like he, do- he's done time. The other thing is once you get a DUI, you have to have that breathalyzer in the car. To start the to car. Start it, I, I had a friend of mine. Frank, a, well, I don't want to get his name. Yeah, a friend I, of mine. So he had, a saint, he had right. to start the car. I go, bro, that's well, I, and so it's like some I, AA shit I, right I've there. I've been there with a, a prominent boxing trainer that had to have it. And he's like, oh, God. And so it was kind of like 50-50. Like, am I going to take an Uber or are you going to drive me back? So I'm just wondering, how did he screw? Did he just drive another car? I don't. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm blown away. <laughs> I'm blown away. That's, that's, that's obviously not a good look with his family already being met with a lot of controversy. The right. brother, the wife, yeah. the whole deal. It's like, whoa. Yeah. So anyway, look, I hope we'll everyone see. out there enjoys their Super Bowl Sunday. We'll be back next week. And again, a friendly reminder, set your DVRs. Tiafima Lopez will make his hopefully one of three appearances this Thursday on ESPN from the Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas. On behalf of Mario Lopez, Smoking Tim Frazier, and Tino on the edit. This has been the Three Knockdown Rule on UFC Fight Pass.